Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. If you'd like to know more about the show and have an idea of kind of what's going on and where we're at in the world, visit our website where we are currently working on an online campaign guide, which you can find at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you would like to join the show or become a sponsor and help us make this podcast better, visit our Patreon account. Just search for The Adventuring Guild or our website to find a link. And by subscribing and helping us out, you can not only join our Discord to hear our episodes live, you can also become a member of the show, get some awesome merch, and represent the Guild. So thank you very much, and on with the show. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. This week, I am lucky enough to be uh, DM'd by Brayden who is going to help me get through a downtime day and start to work my way towards a more cohesive uh, party structure ability type thing. I've been kind of <laughs> sporadic all over the place playing both a DM NPC and trying to play Bob as a character. So once again, we're slipping more towards me as a character and going to try and work through a couple of things. So we will go ahead and get started whenever you're ready, Break. Okay, well, I guess we could just go for it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okie dokie. So starting the 26th morning of planting, the day after Aura had disappeared within that strange portal at the beach, you, I assume you came back to the city itself. Yeah, I uh, left my... I think I told everybody I left my wagon outside of the city for anybody that needed to get into it. Uh, I'm going to leave, like, a message board there so we can compare notes and organize, and then I would have stabled Epona and headed back to my uncomfortably shaky room in the <laughs> in the uh, Tinker's Guild and uh, uh, passed out for, from there, probably. All right, yeah, your evening's rest is only interrupted a couple of times by minor explosions <laughs> and <laughs> the sound of, like, chains snapping and things going off in the middle of the night, people testing their inventions while they're asleep to ensure that they run for a period of time without detonation. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, though many of them still do detonate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, uh, so waking yeah. up in the morning, would you go down and get breakfast? I would probably, knowing me, I would just grab a quick cup of caffeine and head straight to the temple to pour over things. All right, easy enough to do. And this right. would be the ra- the Raven Queen's temple. Yeah, for sure. I would I would be hurrying over there as quickly as I'm able to. I would leave Epona stabled, um, not knowing, you know. Uh, where else I was going to go for that day, but I would definitely uh, hurry over there as quickly as I can. All right, so making your way over to the Temple District. Uh, still relatively early in the morning, so not a huge amount of people out, as you'd expect in, like, the middle of the day. 
<laughs> just wow. just the hungover ones from the Arrow Father's temple. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're all like a human man piled on top of each other <laughs> in a frat, a frat boy. Um, yeah, that's great. I, I stop in there just to get a, a small uh, a dram of Irish uh, whiskey or something in the coffee, you know, help it go down. <laughs> There's like maybe one or two that are complaining about having to be the sober uh, party watchers for the evening. <laughs> exactly. They are the mimosa acolytes handing out mimosas to those in passing. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, it's very easy uh, for you to get a touch of uh, alcohol, and you aren't even required to pay anything. They just give it out in hopes that you enjoy it, and something good comes from it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so then I would head straight down into the Raven Queen's temple. All right, so opening that hatch that leads down into the temple, the dark and sort of dusty damp smell comes over you as you walk down in the doors closing behind you and eventually you find yourself underground in the circular stone room that is serving as the Raven Queen's temple. Alright, and knowing that I had already written to the Raven Queen to try and figure out what was going on um, then I would, rather than risk using the quill again, I would uh actually get to the the altar itself um and i actually no i here's my expenses uh let me subtract this out real quick so i know how much gold i have forgot to do that okay uh knowing that this would be a bigger favor that i'm asking i would uh pull out probably one full gold piece and drop it into the altar uh, collection thing, whatever, uh, and then just kneel down and begin to ask for guidance and prayer, waiting for either the, a vision or one of the priestesses to come over or something like that, um, throwing myself into it in order to try and gain some sort of clue as to what is going on. Okay, well, I'll get you to roll a religion check for me. Right. With my whole plus zero. <laughs> that is not bad, not great, but a 13. Okay. A unlucky number, but in this term, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Uh, as you place that coin down into like a almost tangle of meshed together uh, pieces of dried out wood, almost resembling like a, a bird's nest. Uh, with a few other trinkets and coins within. As it's placed within, you hear the sounds of raven's feet against, like, wood and looking up towards, like, the small effigy of the raven queen ahead of you. You see a raven kind of, like, drag itself out from behind and just begin looking down towards you. Okay, I would probably then at that point remove my mask and stare straight back at it um, looking for some sort of clue as to whether it's a verbal communication or if it's trying to lead me somewhere or or what it's doing as you are staring up at this raven kind of looking it in the eye you watch its beak open and it lets out this shuddering call I won't do a call because that'll sound ridiculous. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm sure the dogs and the cattle will rush to me to try and attack me. 
and as it cores, you feel your vision growing faint. Okay, you I kind of maybe write yourself on the ground and your eyes gaze back up towards it and although it hasn't moved and the distance hasn't changed between it, it appears closer. And another call sounds out from its mouth. Uh, and your vision goes blank. I think once I cut more. out. I heard just the word mouth. Although it doesn't move and then nothing until mouth. Okay. Uh, although the as you sort of look back up towards the raven and you can't explain why, but it hasn't moved and the distance between the both of you haven't changed hasn't changed. But you feel its presence is closer to you. It's almost like it's not zoomed in as much as the aura of this raven is just getting closer and closer to you and the vision is almost like distorting as you're looking at it. And it lets out this shuddering call once more, the room kind of fading a little to black. The only thing staying in focus in your vision is this effigy of the raven queen ahead of you and the raven sitting perched atop of the shoulder as you're kind of looking around dazed you see clouds beginning to like wisp past you in the room and then a little bit of sky upon the temple roof weird so like i'm i'm like seeing through another set of eyes or just just something totally different it's almost like the room you're in has been blanketed in a sudden illusion or okay image Coming from the real world terms, since you are from the real world, it's (laughs) almost as if you are sitting in a 3D cinema and things are coming out at you from a screen that you can't quite see. Okay, then I would definitely look around and try and make sense of what I'm seeing. A blue light sort of begins shining from above and you look up and your eyes are blinded by... An immensely powerful sun beating down on you. You feel the heat on your skin. And as you look back down, you see hundreds of feet beneath you, a blue ocean. Huh. Okay. Do I recognize any, like, landmarks or anything like that? Or is it literally just nothing but ocean? Uh, Roll a perception or a... You know, you could even roll a religion check. Okay. Um, I'll go with well they're both the same <laughs> that's, that's a whopping nine <laughs> you see far far off in the distance as the clouds are rushing by you and a few sort of breaks in the clouds give you vision out and underneath this cloud cover you can see a number of small green very lush islands on the horizon okay And as you kind of make vision of that, a cloud just completely consumes you. And as it passes through you, you find yourself uh, on your hands and knees, uh, face sort of down towards the ground in front of this effigy of the Raven Queen. Okay. Uh, Extremely confused, but knowing that that was definitely something that I need to remember, I will uh, thank the Raven Queen and the Raven... uh, see. I don't have anything to give the raven itself as far as like food and stuff, but um, 
I would definitely, you know, give thanks. Uh, well, you know, I would probably have like a, a bit of wire or something shiny because ravens and whatnot like shiny, weird little baubles and things to take back to nests. So I would uh, pull a, a little piece of wire or something shiny and um, set it kind of in front of the raven, not, you know, give it to it, but like set it down in front of the raven and uh, then give thanks before getting up and. Uh, uh, heading back towards the Tinker's Guild so I can write all that down as quickly as possible before I forget <laughs> it. Um, not that there's a whole lot of whole lot to write about. Ocean, big green clouds. islands, clouds, yeah. But uh, write it down and uh, uh, yeah, go from there. Okay. The raven sort of slowly blinks at you, one eye closing as the other cl- eye closes a second later, Ooh. almost in disjointed unison creepy and then like, you make your way out okay yeah super creepy but um yeah then i would just make my way back to oh no wait no i always do carry that book around with me that's right because i wrote down in it um one with the raven queen and then um i think i wrote something oh when the guy said that prophetic statement uh whatever that was i know i wrote it down at some point but the weird beggar guy that put down that prophetic thing uh, I oh, wrote yeah. that down. So then, yeah, I'd immediately inscribe it in whatever parchment book thing that I have. Floated over ocean, clouds, green stuff. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> kind of like my DM notes end up being before a campaign. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, I'd probably want to then head over and try and get some of the guild stuff officially done. Because when I took the guild papers out, they said I had 20 days from the 16th of planting. So I still technically have plenty of time, but I think with how things are going and how hectic it, not foreshadowing, but how or how hectic it could get, I want to get this done before I forget. So I'd probably want to head up to the government district and turn in my guild papers now that we've got um, several signatures. All right. Uh, what is like the main building of the government district again that you'd be going to for this? Uh, I... Th- I think I just called it the government district and the seat of government. I don't think I actually named the building. Um, yeah, there we go. Government district. So the embassy hall. Oh, the ground grand council hall is the one right in the middle. So it would be the ground grand council hall. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then I'd go up just to that main government building, find whoever the paper pusher is that I got the papers from. Uh, turn those in, and I have here that it is six silver pieces. No, that was an offering. I have no idea how much it cost. We'll say a good round one gold will do it. Yep, that'll do it then. So I'm down to seven, no, 16 gold pieces now. Okay, um, so I would turn those papers in uh, with the signatures of everybody that's on them. And from that point, I guess since I'm already here in the government district, I would probably poke around a little bit and see if I can get any information on any uh, high-profile people that may have disappeared or uh, any information that the offices here might have as to what's going on. Okay, sure. Uh, roll a... Hmm, just roll a general maybe charisma check as if you were talking to people or a perception check or investigation if you were actually searching for, like, uh, bounty board Not bounty boards, like a missing yeah. people boards or things like that. 
I'm going to go ahead and probably do charisma talking to people. Despite the fact that I've got the Raven's mask on, I'm kind of creepy. I look like the kind of guy that might be able to, you know, help out with strange portals and disappearances. Yeah. And I might not be the kind of guy that's convincing that because that's seven. Oh, okay. I am rolling great tonight, starting off with a 13, and it's just getting lower from there. (laughs) Uh, Looking around... It's a bit hard to find uh, anyone to really talk to you who doesn't sort of talk to you with a lot of hesitation due to your appearance, which obviously is a bit rude considering how many odd people there are in <laughs> yeah. in the city. But at this time, there's a lot of elderlies out for their morning walks, you know, do, as you said yeah. yourself <laughs> in yeah. Hope's intro, doing their morning Tai Chi in the... In the <laughs> Docs uh, era. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I definitely would have uh, resisted the urge to go in there and join in, um, having enjoyed Tai Chi myself a few times. Terrible at it because my my balance on one leg, but you know, for the most part, it was very fun to watch. <laughs> yes, uh, but looking around, I'd say if you spent maybe like an hour to sort of searching around you'd eventually be able to find a couple of interesting looking types who are seemingly posting a like a missing person report with a tiny sketch upon like two foot up upon this job on a job board but like a missing person board yeah i would 100 percent check that out so yeah i would spend that hour to do that Alright, so the two you see ahead of you, you vaguely, they resemble large rodents of some kind, but with like prehensile tendrils flowing over the top of their mouth, similar to what you'd you'd seen in a famous cartoon, like uh, <laughs> Squidward or Squidward. Oh god, okay, yeah. Except their flesh is like greyish gross and they've got tiny little uh, tails that almost curl around and move and help them uh, with walking. I can get you a little image of them. I'm not sure if you'd know what these are. Yeah, probably not because I'm trying to think and I, I, I kind of get the general shape that you're talking but I'm trying to think of what are, where I would have seen them before. Hmm. Here we go. I will send it to you via Discord. Ooh, that's cool. Huh, and I honestly know absolutely nothing about these creatures, so this will be cool. All right. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, I would be extremely confused as to what they are, but I would understand the significance of, you know, the missing persons board and that kind of stuff. So I would, uh, as jovially as a man in Raven's mask can, uh, go up to them and uh, ask them, you know, hey, uh, what's going on? Did somebody, you know, can I be of assistance in any way? One of them kind of looks up towards you, These this strange, otherworldly look within its eyes, and you hear sort of murmured through the tendrils uh, running over the top of its mouth, We are just putting up a missing report for our friend. Oh, uh, when, when did your friend disappear? Time here is different for us, so maybe... Two days for you, but five months for us. I would kind of 
take a step back or like you know kind of be startled by that time difference that they said and and rather than pour into that you know discussion right now and putting a little <laughs> feather on, in that for later i would say oh that's that's terrible uh I would love to be of assistance uh, if I'm able to. Uh, do you care if I take a look at that? I kind of either if they've already put it up on the board, you know, try to get closer to read it, or uh, if they haven't put it up yet, you know, take a look at the actual report. Sure. Uh, it is a missing reporting, uh, missing persons report for a Zug named Kologran. Uh, Last. Seen uh, five Dreamland months ago, or two Arcadian days. Okay. Uh, any other details on it to take note of? Traveled last through a rare Dreamland portal, but uh, well, what was assumed to be a Dreamland portal mm-hmm. leading back to the homeland, but was subsequently not found there over the last three months that they spent searching within the dreamland okay i would um ask i i know this might be a little bit tough to answer but do you know was where they attacked at all or did they just walk through a portal um a friend of mine actually disappeared actually no i don't think i knew aura before that but um i i was with a group and uh a, a friend of ours disappeared but it was after she was attacked uh i i don't know if it's the same situation obviously i know very little about the the, the dreamland but i I'm, I'm looking for her i know a lot of my friends are and we would i'm sure be more than happy to help look for your friend as well uh, i just want to make sure that if it well, if it's the same or not uh, you see them sort of turn to each other and begin murmuring to each other in this very odd dialect. They're sort of tendrils moving up towards each other's and kind of like intermingling briefly, giving briefer sort of extensions of knowledge through physical touch rather than just uh, what is audible. And they turn to you and say, um, I, well, we came here. Usually we have to... It's tough to explain how we get here. But recently there had been little portals that opened up within our home in the deep woods. And, well, we came through. Trading is good here. Much better than in the deep woods and in the dreamland. A lot safer as well. Mm-hmm. But when we, well, the portal had been open for a while and we returned through. And he said that he was going to return through. And uh, he was a few days ahead of us in this time, or one day ahead of you in your time. And, uh, well, when we went back through, I suppose he went through the wrong portal, or maybe the portal was interrupted, or we don't know exactly if he got attacked. That's very concerning. Uh, He'd say, um, obviously, in your time... Two days is not very long for someone to put up mis- missing person report. But in our time, two days is is a very, very long time. Yeah, I can understand. I, I can't personally understand that, but I, I understand the concept behind 
uh, different time amounts. I great fan of stories of the Feywild, but anyway, uh, that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, how? How would I be able to contact you? Should I find out anything? Hmm. He would say. Let me just get up some. Obscure <laughs> lore for you, Bob. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna say I'm, I'm not well versed in Zug lore either. <laughs> They're really cool creatures. You can guarantee I'm gonna be looking them up as soon as we get done recording. Oh yeah. I had a whole read up on these things this morning while I was sitting in the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get lots of weird looks as I'm browsing over different PDFs and stuff <laughs> while I'm like just standing in line or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know there's an elaborate process you have to go through. Wouldn't have just like a regular portal. Yeah. Uh, I could probably just look this up a lot quicker than I could. Yeah, I'll look this up. Well, and we can always, if you want to, just say something along the lines of we contact through like a messenger or something at, you know, Portal of the Mages Guild or something. Sure. Uh, actually, here we go. Alright, he would say uh, to messengers, you must uh, during your dream you have to try and find an unusual stairway and walk down it. It is called the 70 Steps of Light Slumber and there you must face the judgment of the powerful gatekeepers Nasht and Kamantha. If you are judged worthy, you would be able to continue further into the enchanted wood where you could find us. And I would, as he's talking, immediately whip out of my my booking quill and start writing. Um, and then I would ask, uh, how is one judged worthy or not? It is different from case to case, but we have never been judged since we are beings who originate from dreamlands. That makes sense. Well, if I if I come back with information, I'm hoping that will be a worthy enough cause to to make it through and be judged worthy. I'll do what I can, and if I'm not able to pass through, I will leave word with the guards there, and maybe they can pass it on if able. I'll I'll figure out a way to try and get you the information if I'm able. They just kind of nod towards you and say, uh, "We will be returning home in our sleep this evening." Uh, then I wish you a good rest, if that's the right <laughs> term for it. <laughs> Walking down those 70 steps of light slumber and the, then the 700 steps of deeper slumber is definitely a very long rest. <laughs> I was going to say, as long as there's steps going down, I'll just like slide down on my butt and I'll be good. But if it's upstairs, uh, hell that, uh, screw that. Yeah. Bring a sled so you can bypass the whole staircase. (laughs) So, yeah, no, then after that, very confused and kind of shaking my head a little bit and being reminded of a thousand different fantasy novels that I read but can't quite recall, um, I would make my way back out of the government district and past where all that was taking place. And uh, what else did I want to accomplish today? Uh, let's see. I took care of the guild stuff, and I did a little bit of investigating, and I talked with the Raven Queen. Uh, oh, the Tinker's Guild. Uh, I would probably then want to return. What time of day would it be, I guess, at this point? No, oh, probably going on around 
11 a.m. Okay, then I've got plenty of time. I would then, um, since I haven't really had enough, well, no, I don't want to run back right now. I'll run back later, keep my usual nightly run routine. Um, I would then head back to the uh, Tinker's Guild, and I would try to, I would try to find somebody not necessarily in charge of portals, because that's, you know, so far advanced future tech that I don't see that being a major thing in uh, the Tinker's Guild necessarily, but I would try to find somebody that would know something about like, far communication like radio signals, not necessarily cell phones, but some sort of far communication type Hmm. thing. Okay. Uh, Give me a... Hmm. see how much lower I can roll this time. Yeah. You could... Damn, that's an interesting one. Uh, give me a investigation check, just because you're going to the uh, yeah. different halls and uh, floors that you need to go to, and then asking around to try and find the right person. Oh my god. Nope. That's a two. Um, so... <laughs> Once again, it's that that Baldinator, that machine. I just I, I see <laughs> yeah. it in the hallway, and I'm like, nope, these flowing locks ain't getting anywhere near that. <laughs> I just turn around and walk out. As you walk out, yeah, you, you see a couple of people standing on the outside of the room, just completely shaved bald, <laughs> <laughs> just holding their hair in their hands, half like <laughs> frowns on their faces. Oh god, that's great. Oh, then. Um, being unsuccessful there and still having about half the day left, I did promise that I would let the tattoo artist uh, uh, Butari, I think was the name. Yeah, yeah, I would head back over there and um, let them study my tattoos in exchange for learning about tattooing. Okay, awesome. So heading over to Butari's little tent that they have. I believe it was a female Yes, she was. Yeah. I need to make that yeah. a little bit better here. There we go. <laughs> I've got like three books that I switch between, so I'm just like flicking through trying to figure out which one of the. Uh, yeah, I've I've got a yellow legal pad, a white sheet of paper, and random dry erase marker notes on a uh, <laughs> cover thing. So, heading into the tent that Batari is using for her tattoo workshop. You can see that there's a small sort of plume of smoke rising from a sort of central chimney that is at the pinnacle of this tent. And as you open the flap in, you see a stove with a chimney leading up and it appears that she is boiling up some tea of some kind. Uh, There's a number of interesting artworks hung on dried leathers that are sort of everywhere within her little area. Blade skin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I would would definitely uh, appreciate the scent of the tea and, uh, of course, announce my presence so I don't, like, surprise her or anything and kind of check out what's going on. I've completely forgotten her voice, but I'll just go for anything. Yeah. Uh, She sees you coming in and says, um, Oh, good to see you again there, my friend. Yeah, uh, I had a trying day yesterday, and so I am definitely looking to uh, 
start getting stronger and figuring out what I can do to help make some real changes uh, around here. Uh, forgive the rambling. Uh, you wanted to check out my tattoos in exchange for your knowledge, so I am here to begin that if you are uh, free to do so. She just kind of nods her head and says, uh, I have taken today off for the most part to just relax. Yesterday was a bit of a busy day for myself as well, but doesn't mean that I cannot share knowledge and a tea perhaps with you. I would love some tea after the nightcap that I had first thing this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she goes up to one of those skin arts and uh, <laughs> makes tea from the skin art. No, oh, yum. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a good skin tea. That's what skinny tea is, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no wonder all of us Americans threw it in the river. Oh, wait. Never mind. <laughs> uh, she, she grinds up some leaves in a... Uh, or some interesting leaves and herbs in a mortar and pestle and then uh, puts them into a small mesh sack that she uh, begins straining hot water through that she has just boiled on her uh, stove top and passes a cup over towards you and then sits down in like a, a stool made from hides and wood. Okay, yeah, I thank her for the uh, cuppa and I enjoy the, at least I'm hoping I enjoy the skin tea. Um, <laughs> if, if I don't enjoy it, I try not to cringe. Um, but yeah, no, I actually really like most teas. Uh, so I would definitely enjoy the tea and the little moment of calm relax after that whole dream world 70 steps craziness. And uh, yeah, as soon as I, as soon as she looks like she's ready to begin work, I would uh, let her investigate the tattoos as much as she wanted and just ask general questions about, um, you know, how the pigment is made here, how the uh, traditional style is done, um, you know, just general questions about tattooing. Sure. Yeah, she shows you a number of. Uh, tattoo implements that appear to be similar to like the very traditional uh, tattoo implements used by like native um, yeah. humans back on your plane and you see that a lot of them are made with some sort of like bamboo mixed with like what appears to be like shark teeth or mm. sort of predator teeth that are carved down and then have a small hollow section in them where an ink sort of blot could be put as it's tattooing. Awesome. Definitely definitely room for improvement if you were to make a boot with your tinkering skills, but no this has got a lot of uh, sentimental value and you kind of begin getting the impression that that is half of what uh, the ritual of creating this tattoo magic uh, entails. Yeah, for sure. We got to get your sister on to, to play the part of this character. That would be pretty <laughs> hilarious. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I would 100% be... Uh, oh, for those of you, shout out. Uh, check out You, Me, and a Poltergeist. They interviewed Brayden's sister, who is a tattoo artist, <laughs> and had some crazy stories, so... Uh, magic tattoos and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, 100%, I would, you know, take in everything that I could and uh, 
yeah, after that's done, then uh, I would head back to, or after, you know, we get done talking or whatever, I would ask her if she knew of anybody that had disappeared, um, I guess, before departing. Uh, she kind of thinks for a moment to herself and says, um, I, I mean, I, there were a few clients that were meant to come in yesterday, but didn't. I don't know whether they're caught up in family things or what, but strikes me as a bit odd, but no one I know personally has disappeared. Okay, then. Um, so, yeah, then after we get done talking um, and she isn't sure about the clients, I would basically just say, well, you know, let me know if you hear anything definitive. I'm looking for a friend myself, so just keep me informed, and then I'd uh, just kind of head out from there and head back to the Tinker's Guild. Okay. As you are heading back, uh, looking straight forward along the long path that you are striding upon, you see in the mid-afternoon sky a sudden sort of light burst and then this meteor go flying through the air and then off onto the not-too-distant horizon before... Okay, uh, he, curiosity killed the Bob. Um, I'm going to run as quickly as I can for Epona uh, to get her, and I will command my raven to fly off in that direction ahead of me. Um, well, how often the horizon? How far off in the horizon are we talking? Like other side of the city, or other side of the continent, or <laughs> give me a survival check. <laughs> All right. Rolls a one. Other yeah. side of the of the continent, and Bob is forever gone from the chaos plan. <laughs> no joke. I'm actually proficient in this one, so I'm guaranteed <laughs> at least a two. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I rolled a nat one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is literally every roll has been lower than the one that preceded it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> what elder deity did you piss off tonight? I have <laughs> these no roles? idea. This is a sign, people. <laughs> oh, man. The end is coming. The end. No joke. Uh, as you are looking, it, it, I'll say that you find it very difficult to gaze <laughs> on what exactly or where this meteor is heading. I'll say the sudden flash of light from this thing entering the atmosphere has disorientated you so much that you don't quite get a beat on where exactly it's landing. A couple of people's eyes just sort of head over that direction, they watch it. Yeah, I'll stop uh, heading towards the ticket booth to get a one-way airship ticket to the other side of the world. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I would then just send my raven that general direction in hopes of spotting it again as I continue running towards the Tinker's Guild to grab a Pona. Uh, and then I would try to communicate with my raven and figure out what the right way is, because I'm pretty sure my bird is smarter than me at this point. Okay. <laughs> so, as you are heading over, manage to grab a pona without any issues whatsoever, uh, casting your eyes as you send a pona uh, in the direction with yourself on her back. And I assume the horses are pretty intelligent, right? They're not just going to, like, run over people. Yeah, yeah, I would make sure that she's not going to just trample folks. I would, you know, make <laughs> yeah. sure that we stay to one side of the road or the other, whatever was easier. Okay. 
<laughs> just enter the side of your familiar and go completely blind and opponents yeah. just trampling the poor citizen. No joke. Well, I'm going to make sure to hold my uh, my uh, glaive out front, you know, spear style. Oh, yeah, and uh, just skew herself. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah. See if you can get a new skin for, uh, for Batari. No joke. Oh, damn. My energy lantern. I missed the perfect opportunity to have it be red and blue flashing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, well. Okay, All yeah, right, so then I would just commute and try and figure out where my raven ended up. A couple of people are kind of looking and walking over that way, but no one to have taken too big of a uh, notice into the sudden meteor crashing into the earth. <laughs> there is no, like, major shock wave, however, that hits. Oh. You do hear, like, an explosion of some kind, so you assume that it has either hit relatively far away or maybe is small enough to where it didn't leave that big of a crater. Yeah, that's weird. But I as mean, you are sending your raven up and kind of looking through the view, I'll get you to make a perception check with your raven. Thank goodness. Maybe that will be better. I believe you have an advantage oh, on those as well. Let me make I sure I'll it. Ones. I I'll kid impressed. you not, I rolled a nat 20 for the freaking oh, raven. Oh, perfect. I give up. It's it's not me. It's it, I mean it's not, it's not the dice. It's clearly my character. My yes. raven's great. <laughs> you should have given more of an offering at the Raven Temple. No She's cursed your fate. No joke. Oh goodness. So as you are riding, your raven flies probably a couple of hundred feet ahead of you, and you cast your vision through the raven. As you are gazing out onto the horizon of the dwindling afternoon sun, you can see a little bit of fire off in the distance, probably five or six, maybe seven miles away. Okay. Wow. A couple yeah. of trees look like they've been sort of knocked over and cleared. Okay, yeah, then full speed ahead, heading straight for it. Well, I guess first, would I see anything threatening there or just the trees and the fire? Uh, it'd be so far away that even with your nap, oh, say you yeah. wouldn't be able to make out too many, uh, too much of anything, unfortunately, okay. at this point. Yeah, then just as far as I'm able to just maintain communication with my raven, I would send the raven ahead and me behind and just basically tell the raven to squawk at me or whatever if it sees something dangerous looking. That way I can okay. keep my eyes uh, in my own head, for lack of a better term. All right. So as the raven continues flying, you galloping on horseback towards the crashed meteor site. Uh, you make your way along the road, the road quickly turning into a forested sort of uh, smaller travel way out and on onward probably northeast, we'll say, from the city. Takes you probably... Man, how, how long does it take to travel miles? I don't understand the conversion. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, on horseback, uh, it would take... Here we go. Uh, a two-beat trot or a jog averages about 13 to 19 yep. kilometers an hour, so about 8.1 miles per hour. Yep. Yep. So we'll Just say close to, we'll say 45 <clears throat> minutes or so. Okay. Okay, so 45 minutes pass as you continue galloping along. Are you going to keep your eyes peeled for any dangers along the way? Yeah, 100%. I would be looking around. I would still have the Raven keep an eye on, you know, laser focus on that meteor site to warn me of any danger coming from the meteor. But I would use yeah. my own senses to keep an eye on what's going on around me. 
Okay, I'll get both you and your raven to make another perception check for me. Here comes another 1 in 20 again. <laughs> uh, first one was for me, and that wasn't as bad. That was a 15. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and then the raven did not as well with an 11. Okay. So as you are making your way closer and closer to where you think you're probably only a few hundred feet away at this point, you see some birds fly out of a tree ahead of you as if a disturbance has happened on the ground below the tree. Uh, I would slow Epona... um, uh, I would slow Epona, stay on the back of her, but I would bring out my glaive and one-handed, you know, kind of at the ready to stab at something that jumps out too quickly. (laughs) Sure. You would also hear your raven begin cawing. Oh, crap. Um, I'm not going to risk putting my sight over to it, Uh, so I would... Hell, I'm not going to want to walk back, probably. I will uh, hop off a Pona then, and um, uh, I'm not going to tie her down, but I'm just going to you know, just drop the reins uh, and walk forward with enough room to make sure that I don't think anything's going to get past me to the horse. And okay. um, Oh, I've got my energy lanterns, so I'm going to use my energy lantern to not overcharge, just shine it at the brush to kind of scare out, you know, a wild animal or give me a glint of the eyes kind of a thing. Sure. Uh, as you are looking for, you know, you said wild animals, so we'll say one of the first things you see is a deer on its side behind a tree. You kind of just see the bottom of it with the legs poking out. And as you continue sort of walking forward and kind of getting a sideways view upon that tree, you do notice that a lot of the upper half of the deer looks like it's been torn open and consumed. Ooh, biscuits. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm full at the ready then, so energy lantern clipped to the side, uh, glaive in a two-handed grip, and just going to slowly walk forward, keeping as many of my senses about me as I can. Uh, I'm going to call my raven back to me, but I'm not going to have it, like, land. I'm going to have it, you know, drone over the top of me to <laughs> keep an eye out yeah. and squawk at me. All right, so at this point... There's probably three or four more squawks that come from your raven. And as you're continuing to sort of look around the edge of this tree, shining your energy lantern forward, you catch the glint of something that you can almost describe as crystalline in nature, shining sort of and diffusing the light, sending like vibrant colours out in every direction. And it's almost like a... It's hunched almost over the rest of this deer corpse. Huh. That's really weird. Is it like the same... Like, when you say crystalline and it's hunched out of the corpse, is it like the blood crystallized, or is it like crystal shooting out of a deer? It's like there's another entire entity on the outside of the deer's corpse that is, like, leaning down over top of the deer's corpse. And you watch one of these, like, crystalline arms reach down and grasp off, like, a hunk of leg and then just rip it up and you hear the crunching of bones as it moves its hand to its uh, facial region. Uh, poop. I know I'm going to regret this. Uh, I'm going to slowly walk back to Epona and try and mount 
really quickly and then not like dismiss my weapon, but kind of point my weapon down to the side so it's not pointing at it. I'm going to call out um, uh, friend or foe. Okay. Is that like a spell effect or something along those lines? No, I'm just going to ask, Is there, if, you know, are you friend or foe? Um, do you know one hand on the reins with the glaive down so that if it does try to charge me, I can real quick whip opponent and get the hell out of there um, yeah. or at least take some evasive action. As this strange, cri- strange crystalline shard creature hears you talking, you watch as it sort of, it's back like, lifts up a little bit and its head kind of lifts up the neck kind of begins moving around in a 180 degree fashion as you see this bloodied sort of more of crystalline teeth no eyes but just a sort of slicked back head and you watch from the top of its head as it's just eaten this deer a deer's horn begins growing up out the top of its head oh now that's funky but I still don't know if it's malicious or not. I mean, it, it could just be predatory and the fact that it needs sustenance. Like, one beast attacking another isn't necessarily evil. But, um... You watch its upper body rotate around to face, and in its hand, clasped still, is a half-consumed deer leg, and you hear this chattering like stones and crystals and metal shards rubbing together at a rapid rate and you hear this metallic screech emit from the creature another horn grows on the other side of its head okay um like i said at this point uh not sure if it's evil or not you know wild animals need to eat too and they're not evil but um i've got an idea so i'm going to since i can summon my glaive as a bonus action i'm going to uh unsummon it pull out the lantern and I'm going to hold it in front of me, ready to overcharge it, to, like, blind it. No, shoot, okay. it didn't have eyes. Crap. Um, I don't want to risk it since it didn't have eyes. Uh, I'll have the just the, the glaive ready to go, but I'm still... I'm going to half-turn opponents that were kind of facing towards away. Uh, and once again, I'm going to call out, are you friend or foe? And then I'm going to slowly start walking opponent kind of parallel with it, not getting closer, not getting further away, just kind of so that I can skirt around it in a big half circle, if need be. As you're standing there looking at this thing, its head kind of tilts on the side and it takes a step forward towards you, and you see its head turn a little, little further on the side, and you watch its mouth open, the blood kind of dripping from its crystalline teeth, and you hear emanating perfectly back towards you are you friend or foe in the exact same voice that you just used and you watch its face begin warping and changing as you see your own head with antlers begin growing onto this creature oh poop i really wonder what was in that tea i was given (laughs) (laughs) um Yeah, does it look like me fleshy, or is it still crystalline in nature? Are you wearing your mask currently? Yes. It would now then be wearing a mask, but two deer's antlers are raising from the top, and it's pretty simple to see even from 
uh, the well, since you've got your energy lantern out, that there is no like shimmer to the deer antler like there is to the rest of its crystalline form. So it appears to have taken the actual Damn. biological form of the deer's antler and now your mask. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to not like flee, but I'm going to definitely uh, nudge Epona about five feet for five feet further away, but not like backwards, you know, that 90 degrees from it. And uh, I'm going to repeat back, uh, friend, if you mean no harm, and I'm going to, you know, move five feet kind of away from it uh, at that same point. Sure. Looking on towards it, you watch one of its crystalline hands pull up the mask, revealing half of your face underneath. And begins just, like, ripping off a bit of the chunk of the leg. You see the arm holding the leg begins forming into what appears to be your arm. Damn, that's freaky. And it just emits the exact same thing you said right back towards you. Okay, then I'm going to go ahead and, without saying anything else, but keeping my glaive at the ready, I'm going to... Making sure there's at least 20 feet... No, I'm going to play safe. Making sure there's at least 30 feet between me and it, I'm going to try and make a half circle to get around it and continue on towards that uh, meteor thing, even though I know I'm going to regret it. (laughs) Okay. You continue on its face, well, your own face now staring back at you, just looks at you as you're running away, its eyes kind of peering down at opponent now. And you watch its two legs form into that of a horse's hooves. Okay. And does it look like it's going to take chase, or does it look like it's just turning into the horse? It's kind of like shifting and morphing, but as you move away, it's... Well, your own face looks back down at the deer carcass and begins grasping at chunks of exposed matter to shove into its mouth. As freaky as that is, I'm going to ignore it for the sake of figuring out what's going on and risking getting surrounded but since i'm on horseback i've got i think i've got a little bit of advantage on that so i'm gonna just continue on but i'm gonna keep my raven like directly above me um so that i can it can warn me if another one of those creepy shard doppelganger creatures tries to jump out of nowhere okay riding forward another 80 feet or so you begin seeing the flames from around the meteors uh, crash site where you've been riding to, you can immediately see this strange sort of bluish emanation of light coming from the vicinity, almost like light passing through a substance. Is it the same kind of blue tint as what the crystal of the creatures were? Absolutely. Damn it. Um gonna regret it again i'm gonna call out anybody in there you hear from the relatively quiet woods around you the fire sort of burning around you hear the exact same phrase echoed back to you four five six times okay um i'm going to as i begin i'm going to turn around and ride back towards town um I'm not going to try and directly intercept that one that was eating the deer, but I want to get close enough that I can get visual on it again. Okay. Um, 
and I'm going to try and rack my brain and think of anything that might help me out here, but I honestly have no idea what it could be other than like a doppelganger, but I know it's not. All right. Uh, roll a arcana check. All if you'd right. Like. Yeah, I'd like... Eh, that's a 14. 14. Uh, you... Your mind doesn't quite race to any such conclusion as to what exactly this creature might be, but you yeah. gather from the crash side of this meteorite whether or not it's arrived on the meteorite. Uh, you'd only assume, but you assume that this could be potentially some kind of aberration doppelganger creature. Ah, uh, that really worries me. Um... <clears throat> I am going to beat a strategic uh, retreat back towards the city itself, uh, warning anybody that I see along the way that this is coming, because I honestly think that our best bet would be to get, like, some mages or somebody that can entrap it, because all of my spells are basically direct contact spells, and I don't want to risk... smacking it with my glaive and getting that close. So mm. I would beat a hasty retreat as quickly as I'm able to uh, back uh, towards probably the... Well, I'm part of the Tinker's Guild, so I would feel best going back there first to raise the alarm, and then, you know, uh, Paul Revering, to get some American history in here, Paul Revering my way across the rest of the uh, <laughs> port city to warn the other guilds, you know, the the shard doppelgangers are coming. The shard doppelgangers are coming. <laughs> see what see what I can't stir up from for assistance. <laughs> so as you're riding back away from the meteorite, you notice a very bright light coming from the similar location to where that first one you saw was. Uh, as you sort of rush past, standing open with the completely now nearly completely consumed corpse of that deer under its feet is you with the energy lantern held out in front of you but where your legs would normally be there are two horse legs and atop its head are two deer horns damn it no i can't i can't leave that because it'll uh, damn it as you sort of ride by and notice that you hear the kind of half distorted now Friend or foe, friend or foe, yeah, emanating, I calling back to you. Yeah, I can't leave it since it looks that much like me. I was hoping that if I, I quit interacting with it, it would quit transforming. But since it is that much like me, I'm worried that it'll full doppelganger. So I'm going to um, hop off the horse uh, and real quick, I'm going to try and do it like 60 feet away so that I know I've got a, a couple seconds and I'm going to scribble onto a note um, uh, send help to whichever direction I am, you know, approximately uh, send help shard, gem, stone living doppelgangers and I'm going to tie it to my raven's uh, uh, leg or whatever and command it to go to the mages guild as quickly as humanly possible or uh-huh. ravenly possible, whatever Okay. The raven takes off into the distance, and standing ahead of you is you. Yep, I'm going to approach and... Yeah, I'm going to approach Glaive, not 
threateningly at the ready, but Glaive definitely beside me. Uh, and I'm going to get within 40 feet of it because that's my max move speed is 40. So right at that marker. And I'm just going to wait and see what it does. It takes probably five or six steps towards you, continuing to save friend or foe. You can definitely now begin to hear the distinction of your own voice to its. It almost sounds as if it's taken on some qualities of the deer that it's eaten, and there's like a gruffness to the voice. Uh, that really worries me. Um, I'm going to prepare a Discord um, spell so that if it makes a violent move against me. I'm just going to stand there and wait for it to do something. But if it attacks me, I'm going to use my... I think it's these two spells. I haven't used them in forever. Uh, where are you? Yeah, I'm going to use my Death in Chorus um, spell along with the uh, Booming Blade spell uh, in conjunction uh, as part of my Discord Harlequin thing in order to try and beat the crap out of it if it harms me. But I'm going to okay. take the risk of it attacking me first. Alright. As you are standing there, you see a strange sort of ripple appearing in the face of this creature and you watch the crystalline mouth kind of form through the mask of you, of your own. And you see the bloody sort of gnashing crystalline teeth that have just feasted upon this deer's corpse. It kind of takes a few more steps towards you, its head turning on the side, getting within probably 30 feet of you now. Oh, God, this is like... uh, Because I'm I'm trying to play me, and I would be freaking the hell out, but (laughs) I I don't want to attack it if it's not you know, evil, if it's just a creature that was, like, trying to get food, you know, I don't want to to attack it, considering I don't know what it is yet. Plus, I'm pretty sure it could kick my ass. That's why I want to have the booming blades <laughs> that'll take damage if it moves, you know, after it attacks me, if I do it as a reaction. Yeah. So I'll just stoically stand there and try not to <laughs> piss myself. Is <laughs> <laughs> a pona within sight? Uh, I would have sent her, because I would have walked forward about 20 feet. So she would be between 30 and 20 feet away behind me. Okay. You watch its face, its head kind of turning still, just taking in you and the surroundings. It kind of turns to the side towards where the meat site was, and you watch its crystalline mouth move up into the air and its head its back kind of arching forward before its hands raise into the air and it lets out this horrific metallic shriek at the top of its lungs fudge it echoes throughout the forest itself I will uh, you know what I'm going to try it Bob <laughs> that's the screech <laughs> okay that that was terrifying I Just, that was near <laughs> That was your brown Ad- note level of terrifying. Oh, yeah. Add, like, <laughs> like 50 layers of editing and make yeah. that perfect. Thanks, mate. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm assuming some sort of save, or is that just a call, or just a cry out? You wait for something to overtake your body, but 
silence sort of falls over the forest once more. You hear a similar screech come from five other directions off towards that meteorite. I'm going to die, but I'm not going to attack it first, but I don't want to let it pass me if it is violent. Damn it. I will stand my ground holding that ready action. (laughs) (laughs) You watch as the deer antlers and the crystalline face, the horse's legs all fade away. Standing before you is a pretty well exact replica copy of yourself. Frick, I hated this level in Legend of Zelda. <laughs> um, because I do have the meta knowledge of Legend of Zelda, I would see if it copies my move movement, so I would, I guess, drop the readied action, and I would hold out my hand and, like, to, like, a handshake kind of a thing. I would hold yeah. my hand out, and I know I'm going to regret this, and I'm, I'm going to see what happens. Its head kind of turns on the side, and it just puts its hand out in front of it. So it's copying the handshake, but not approaching to shake my hand? It's not moving towards you at all, just standing still, hand out in front of it. Uh, I move forward five feet, pause to see if it does anything. If it doesn't, I'll get within ten feet of it. <laughs> Doing that slow five-foot pause, five-foot pause, and if it still hasn't moved by ten feet, I'll not lower my guard, but I'll just kind of stand there and wait to see what happens. As you get about 15 feet away, you hear, friend or foe? I'll repeat back, friend if you mean no harm. Friend if you mean no harm. Oh, God. Um, I hold out my hand once again in the handshake gesture and say friend if you mean no harm as I step five feet forward getting it within ten feet with my hand out like a handshake again. I take it you'd be pretty on edge so roll a perception check. Oh my gosh yeah I am like uh even me like sitting here it's hard for me not to like tap or something. <laughs> I'll give I you advantage s- on it given how oh, thank goodness. the situation is. That was a two so thank goodness. Okay. That was a 12. Okay. You hear rustling from nearby, and you Uh, see some flickering of crystalline form. Damn it. From your light, sort of shimmering across the exterior of more of these creatures sort of coming to meet the call of this. Do they look like me, or are they all crystal? These things are all crystal at this point. Okay, so it's not like there's some sort of hive mind thing going on. Oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm going to put my hand on my lantern, getting ready to overcharge it. And before the other ones get any closer, I'm going to close that last five feet with my hand out one more time in the shaking gesture (laughs) and say, friend, if you mean no harm. You hear the same phrase repeated back to you as you begin slowly stepping further closer. Slowly stepping closer, sorry. But the end of the phrase almost has like a strain to it as you watch its face begin shimmering as those crystalline teeth begin forming in front of it once more. Oh god, but it still has an attack. I am readying to overcharge and just blind the entire area, turn, <laughs> jump on my horse, and run. 
but I'm not going to do it until I know for a fact. It's showing its teeth, but I'm also within its space, and I know that I'm being overly analytical about this, but I'm going to stand there with my hand out in a shake and wait for it to do something. Repeating, friend, if you mean no harm, one more time, (laughs) as my famous last words. You see two of those crystal creatures break the tree line, probably 35 feet away from you. Oh, God, I've got a movement speed faster than that, but... You hear, friend, if you mean no harm, echoed out to you three times in a crystalline manner, mocking your voice. Mocking? Is it definitely... Can I roll an insight to see that it's definitely mocking? Sure. Oh, son of a... Biscuit. Um... Please be... Ha, I am actually proficient, so that was an 11, not a 9. <laughs> Which still isn't great, but it's better than a 9. It's like it's predatory. Oh, son of a... There's something about it that... There's an intelligence to these creatures that gives you the idea that perhaps they're more than just crystal and... Yeah. You know, Son of a shape-shifting. Yeah, I figured that. I I figured that was what it was, but I wasn't gonna. Uh, let's see then. Um, I'm going to. I'm gonna take an attack of opportunity if it's hostile, and I'm okay with that. So I'm going to say, "All right, opponent, time to get out of here," and I'm gonna whip around and charge towards my horse. Let's roll initiative. I knew it. <laughs> Uh, oh, damn, dice didn't fail me now. That is a 19. <laughs> the one in front of you also rolled the 19. What's the <laughs> dexterity modifier? Only a plus one. Okay, it's as well. Uh, how do you? How do we do this on the chaos plan to see who goes first? Usually then I fall back to either intelligence or wisdom, and both of mine are zero. Okay, it's got a plus zero to intelligence and a plus one. So it'll go first. Okay. And the other two didn't roll that good at all. With a four and a seven. So after it grapples me and I attempt to get away, the rest of them can... can <laughs> Consume um, you. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so as you are beginning to sort of back away, you hear the chatter of the crystalline interior of this strange form begin morphing and its teeth begin completely exposing from the mask that it is imitating you with. Uh, I knew it. It moves five feet towards you and its mouth just opens up. Its crystalline teeth begin like rotating around as they chomp down attempting to sort of bite onto your shoulder. Okay. Not too good. With a nine to hit. Oh, goodness, yes, that actually does not hit. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. Then it will make a second attack with its bitey bite. That's going to be a 17 to hit. Yes, that definitely (laughs) makes it. Okay. You take six points of piercing damage. All right. As the crystalline teeth bite down into your shoulder. Yeah. Mouth kind of retracts, and you watch the blood dripping down from the teeth. Yummy. An uh, empty kind of void down into its crystalline stomach. Uh, that you can see uh, within as it lets out a metallic roar. 
Yeah, now it's gonna be even more like me. I'm really worried that it might gain access to some of my abilities, so... Um... Bring us to your turn. Yeah, I don't think disengaging and running away is going to be a great option as much as I really, really want to. Um, with this many of them, I know I'm gonna get my ass kicked if I stay. Um, let's see. Dance of Death. I could see. Uh, in lieu of making all attacks as part of Dance of Death, you can choose to let out a piercing scream. You can target three creatures in a line and force them out. Oh, no, they're not in a line. Um, as a bonus action, I can emanate a 10-foot aura lasting one minute. Creature that moves through the aura has half its regular movement. As a further bonus action, all other creatures in your area take psychic damage equal to your proficiency. I might do that if I need to get away, but I think my best bet actually at the moment, let me look up to see, Told the Dead, I think it's a single target, isn't it? Um, yeah, one creature. Yeah. yeah, damn. Um, I'm going to instead uh, take the, I'm going to go ahead and use a discord point, and I'm going to do what I said I was going to do earlier and use both Death End Course and Booming Blade, combine those two um, cantrips into a single one um so what i'm going to do is i'm going to uh scream out at the top of my lungs uh move uh i'm gonna scream out uh if you take a step closer to me it will be your death and so i need to make an attack roll against it see if it hits if it doesn't hit that was all for nothing (laughs) <laughs> hey, that will definitely hit, though. That was a 19 plus 4. Awesome. Uh, so it hits. It'll take the regular D10 of damage, which is 6 plus 2, so 8 points of regular damage. And then I need a wisdom saving throw from it uh, for death in chorus. Oh, a natural one. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, so then it takes... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, it either takes psychic damage or if the target is able it can use its reaction to cover its ears if it wants um, which it'll only take a d8 instead of a d12 would you have it cover its ears or will it take the full uh, I say it wouldn't know to do that so okay so then it takes an additional ouch that was only three so it takes an additional three points of damage from that spell and then I also need from it a Oh, no, it's just automatically sheathed in thunder energy. So if it moves from that spot, it will take 1d8 thunder damage. Okay. It's done that. That was my action. I'm going to activate my uh, overwhelm ability, uh, which is as a bonus action, I exude an aura of 10 feet, half movement within that 10 feet. And then I'm going to go ahead and run away. So I will take an attack of opportunity as I haul ass towards my horse. Okay. Oh, that's going to be a 22 to hit. Yeah, that definitely hits. Okay. Oh, lowest possible damage. Uh, that's going to be four points of damage. All right. Um, as it bites out at you. Yeah. I am still standing, not quite bloodied, but I'm getting there. Uh, so then I would haul ass 40 feet towards my horse. Um, I... I said that it was still more than 20 feet away from that so I'm only about halfway there or a little okay. over halfway there yeah so I believe be it was 35 I think it's 55 feet away from where you were 
Yeah, so you're absolutely. 15 feet away. There we go. Okay. That'll bring us to the other two's turns, who are going to both use their action, or sorry, a bonus action, to do a trait mimicry. Oh, and balls. You watch as one of them is going to mimic... We'll say we'll, one of them is going to mimic your voice and your head, and you watch as the raven mask begins forming over the top of one of these creatures' heads, and the other one is going to... Are you still holding your energy lantern? Uh, no, I would have had to use both hands for the glaive. Okay, we'll say that this creature suddenly... You watch as a glaive begins forming out of crystal that grows out of its hands, and as it completes its sort of formation, you watch as it forms completely perfectly into an identical replica of your glaive. That's freaky. And that will bring us on to the other one, who is going to attempt to move forward towards you. Okay. I guess he has to make a saving throw to see you. No, he's sheathed in the energy, so he, since I hit... Um... As part of the action used to cast a spell, you make a melee attack against one creature within the spell. Otherwise, the spell fails. On a hit, the creature, the target suffers the attack's normal effects and is sheathed in booming energy until the start of your next turn. If the target willingly moves before then, it takes 1d8 thunder damage. So then it takes 6 additional thunder damage. All right. As it begins moving, a thunderous crack sounds around it. And you watch some of the crystals sort of break off, but you watch it continue sort of running forward with a strange sort of lengthened gait, not walking in any way similar to how you walk. Crazy. But it uh, will move its 30 feet of movement. How far away did 40 feet? I'm, yeah, I moved to full 40. Okay. Uh, it is then going to use a... It's just going to say uh, friend or foe to you out once more time. Uh, One more time in the exact replica of your voice with a strange sort of metallic sheen behind it. I know it's mocking me, so... uh, So it goes. Okay, um, back onto my turn then, or were there more of them hiding in the bushes? (laughs) They haven't arrived yet. (laughs) (laughs) Something to look forward to, good. Yeah, Um, Yeah, exactly. I'm going to... It's gonna. Well, first I'm gonna run back to Epona so that my hand is slapped to her side. Um, so then, if it moved, it moved forward thirty. You said. Yep. Okay. So then, uh, it will get to me next turn if I didn't move further. So then I'm gonna go ahead and grab Epona's reins and continue so that I have ten feet in between me and it if it moves towards me again next round. Uh, and then I'm gonna go ahead and use my action to try and figure out what kind of chance I stand against beating the crap out of this or if it is definitely gonna uh, take me out should I try to kill it alright roll an intelligence check Uh, that is a 16 okay Uh, inspecting the exterior of its form uh, you already having sustained a fair amount of damage Uh, that's meta terms of course yeah but I'm sure that'd be something Bob would probably be thinking about right now in game (laughs) terms yeah uh, it doesn't appear to have sustained a hell of a lot of damage from what you've done to it thus far and it still seems fairly constitute yeah that's kind of what i figured all right then um bonus action i know that if it gets within 10 feet of me um it'll be 
uh, slowed by half, so I'm confident enough to wait there for my next turn, then I'll jump on my horse and haul ass. Okay. Alright, that will bring us on to the other two's turn, who are beginning to slowly form into you. Uh, one of them, seeing you jump onto a pono, is going to move the rest of its 30 feet of movement to get probably about 15 feet away from you now, and is going to use its action to copy Epona's movement and you watch its four or two arms and two legs begin shifting and it takes a quadrupedal stance as it now has Epona's legs and uh, upper well they're all legs aren't they yeah (laughs) but still freaky with Bob's head yeah with Bob's head (laughs) a centaur but in the most (laughs) horrific way you can think of that's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say okay um, oh, and then the one that uh, I attacked last time is turned out. Uh, yes, the other one will continue moving forward as well, getting away 15 feet. Uh, and it is just going to... It'll... Since it had your glaive last round, it'll uh, begin forming around your body as well. So a similar cloak that you're wearing now forms across its form. It still has the crystalline head, but uh, the cloak and everything sort of body-wise is near exact replica. Okay, then, uh, yeah, I'm going to... Oh, what's that? Uh, the, other, the other one, I believe, oh, goes yeah, first sorry. as well. So uh, that one being... How far away would it be currently? It, it, so you moved and got onto your horse. It was yeah, 10 I, feet away from you. Yeah, I moved so that I would have 10 foot... Um, I, I moved so that I was going to be uh, 40 feet away from wherever it was okay. at the beginning. Sure, perfect. All right, so it is going to continue moving forward with a strange toxic gait, and upon reaching the end of its thing, its head just kind of, like, tilts towards you, and it puts its hand out in a handshake. Yeah, ain't buying it this time. Um, I grab onto my lantern, uh, point it its direction, and uh, overcharge it, so I need a constitution saving throw from all of them, and then I'm going to haul ass out of there while they're blinded. Okay, a 12, a 16, and a 5. Okay, the 12 and the 16 both pass. Um, okay. Oh, wait, no, yeah, yeah, because it meets beats. So this uh, one with the 4 is blinded, and I haul ass heading out that way. They're heading right. back towards town. You hear some metallic sort of screeches coming from them as you begin rushing off into the distance. The afternoon sun beginning to dwindle on the horizon and you rush your way back to Port City to warn the mages of the potential doppelganger alien crystal things coming towards the city. Yeah, I'm 100% yelling at the guards that are, you know, at the gates, you know, close the gates, we got these things coming, and then I'm going to just keep shouting it all the way there. I'm going to have, like, I'm going to sound like I smoke, you know, three packs a day by the time I actually get there from all the yelling. (laughs) Perfect. All uh, right. Did you want to take a or stop this up here and then get in next time? Hopefully, when some other people can play in. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured because at this point I'm going to be I'm going to have to take a long rest in order to recover. So, um, yeah, I figured I'll try to take a long rest and then jump other people in to keep battling these things uh, later on. Yeah. All right. right. So thank you very, very much, Braden, for DMing this for me. This was crazy, and I am seriously scratching my head trying to figure out what the hell these things are. I I have heard 
I, I, I think I know what they are, but to keep from meta, I'm not going to say it on, on air yet, but I, I am so uh, brain-scratching, because those were terrifying. I had no idea what to think of them. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yes, my, my playing that Cthulhu-like game had uh, really given me some love of aberration-like creatures, so as soon as I saw these things, I was like, yes, please. Oh, yeah. For sure, because like that was the thing. Is like I couldn't identify. Like I kept trying to say, "Are you friend or foe?" Like I couldn't communicate with it. It was so frustrating. <laughs> ah, so awesome job with that. But, Thank you. All right, so we'll go ahead and end here, and hopefully next time I can uh, throw some of my companions uh, at them and uh, <laughs> scream at them from the back. So <laughs> perfect. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, mate. See ya. Yeah, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. If you would like to join the game and support the podcast, visit our Patreon account at patreon.com slash adventuringguild. And there you can pledge to either become a sponsor or a player or both if you like. So thank you all very, very much for listening, and we hope you join us again next week.